If you watch NFL football, you probably play fantasy football. Actually, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably play fantasy football. Actually, considering that a 2022 report tells us that almost 60 million Americans play fantasy football, if you're a living, breathing human being, you probably play fantasy football. But most notably for you aforementioned podcast listeners is that if you collect cards, you probably play fantasy football, like a fantasy slash collecting Venn diagram would be pretty, pretty crowded in the middle. That intersection, that fantasy slash collecting intersection becomes more important each year. If, say, I don't know, Justin Fields is crushing it in fantasy, which much to my Chicago Bears loving part he is doing at the time of this recording, his card value might just take a jump. On this episode, I got a couple of gents who straddle these two arenas so you can be darn sure that they're going to help you collect this. Welcome to Collect This, powered by CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Here's your host, Alan Goldscher. Matt Deutsch from the Better Sports Network and Chris Corbellini, uh, Emmy-winning producer uh, of Hard Knocks, the uh, old-school Hard Knocks, the original Hard Knocks on HBO, and my co-host on the Head vs. Heart Fantasy Podcast. Um, gentlemen, this has been the weirdest, strangest, most bizarre... I've been playing fantasy football for about, I don't know, three centuries now, and this has been the strangest fantasy year ever. Chris, you have a theory as to why some of these picks that we thought were so brilliant in the preseason have turned out to be garbage. Yeah, I mean, you, you've heard me talk about this in our pod. Like, you know, if you have Jonathan Taylor, you're in trouble. Keenan Allen, trouble. Aaron Rodgers, ditto. If you draft a Taysom Hill, you know, Tim Tebow clone, you get a 30-point game one week and then three yards and cloud of nothing. And, <laughs> you know, we, we have talked about this before, but the, I think it looking at the league, the front sevens of the defense have become so fast you can't get the ball off the way Marino or Elway or even Aikman could. Micah is Micah Parsons is as fast as Tyreek Hill or almost. And so that trickles down to everything, the way teams draft, the way they execute, which is basically a short pass game. And then finally, like it affects our scores at the end of every Sunday. And so it's become a dump off league. And so unless you have like an Eckler or McCaffrey, you are in a disadvantage immediately. And it just seemed to happen so quickly but I'm sure it's been developing over the last four or five years where teams are prioritizing speed, you know, in that front seven. And that's, that's how it's changed the game. Now, will it cycle out? We talked about that before. Yeah, of course it will. At some point, a Mahomes, you know, will break free with a deep pass game or someone like that. And then it'll change again. But at the moment, scoring is down a little bit. We've discussed that. Like passing is just, it's not what it used to be. Everything is short. So it's affecting our scores. And that's sort of where we're at right now, you know, halfway through the season. Matt, my team that I drafted, I, I, I came out of my draft thrilled. I had a strategy. I executed the strategy and the strategy stunk. It turned out I drafted hardcore a wide receivers, right? Three in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Waited later on to get a running back. It has been a disaster. Forget the injuries. Like, that's, that's out of our control. But, like, the, the C.D. Lambs of the world and the Debo Samuels of the world have not been what I thought they were going to be, which was make me at the top of my league. I am two and six right now. Um, did I make a mistake? Is Chris right? The league's just changed and we're a little bit behind on it. How come this is such a weird, weird fantasy football year? I think people have been turned off of running backs because of using specialists in the backfield, two, three different runners on every team. We felt going into the season, the receivers would be more predictable passing league. Uh, defensive rules are making it um, better to have offense and the alpha receivers would be the way to go. But it uh, hasn't turned out that way. And uh, I don't think you did anything wrong. I think a lot of people were in your boat. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think there's a disconnect. Like we in the fantasy industry don't really know the analytics that the general manager and player personnel of the NFL mm. teams are using. We don't know what they are you know, holding close to them. We have all the analytics, but maybe they're looking at something different. You know, and, and I do think specialists have really changed this league. And there's there's a lot.
lot of different ways to, to gain yardage in the offense now with these jet sweeps and these little bubble screens that mm-hmm. you know just imaginative from the college game. It's hard for us to figure out how the NFL head coaches are going to target their specific chess pieces. It is uh, sort of a lesson that we should go back to school with and, and sort of look at a roster and and figure out, you know, where the target share is going to be. Um, it might be Vogue to just go back to the running backs and, uh, you know, you just have to give it up if there's a second running back that gets the goal line carries, but your your player gets 80% of the work, then you're going to have to be happy with that because um, the receivers are uh, kind of all over the place right now. So yesterday, we're recording this on November 7th, the day after uh, my man Justin Fields broke the NFL regular season record for uh, rushing for a quarterback. They ran, the Chicago Bears ran a straight up like Oklahoma Sooners option play, right? And I remember when I was a little kid, when I was a little shaver, I didn't really think I understood football, but I understood I think I better than I thought I did. Why don't they do that in the pros? And the general consensus when I spoke to people that theoretically knew better is because all oh, the linebackers and linemen are so fast, they'll put a, they'll put an end to it. I it, not anymore, not anymore. Everybody's gotten faster. Across anyhow, I get chopping up about fantasy all day, but we are a collecting podcast. And to that end, Matt Deutsch, I would love for you to read. We have a little promo, right? I'm tired of reading the promo. Everybody's tired of hearing my voice. I want to hear you read the promo. You have a background in, you know, reading stuff on on the air. Let's hear how you rock the mic with this amazing CSG deal. Check out this special deal for you awesome, awesome Collect This mm-hmm. listeners. Head over to csgcard.com slash join. csgcards.com slash join. Select premium and use the promo code Collect This. And you can join CSG at the premium level for just $99. That's $50 off of the regular price. No, but you'll get $150, same as cash credit, same as cash credit. So the price of membership pays for itself. But wait, there's more. You'll get access to exclusive benefits like discounts on select add-on services, 24-7 online submission tracking, and 10% off at the CCG store. Once again, csgcards.com slash join, select premium, and use the code collect this. Get your grade on with CSG. It's almost like you've done this before. As a producer, I approve that message. (laughs) (laughs) I love reading and I love promoting the great work that you guys are doing over there. Oh, thanks, Matt. Uh, And to that end, Better Sports Network is uh, an upstart fantasy company. Unlike any that I've ever seen, uh, I spoke with Matt before it launched. And uh, I'm not just saying this because he's a good dude. and He's come on the show to drop some knowledge. But it's really cool. Better Sports Network, B-E-T-T-O-R. So the, the meat of this interview, the big, the big uh, matzo ball here, the intersection between fantasy sports, fantasy football specifically today, and collecting. Now, when Matt first approached me um, to maybe do some work together, he was talking about, let's delve into that. Let's talk about the, there is an intersection, right? And it's based on on-field performance. A player performs well on the field, and he becomes a valuable fantasy entity, and he becomes a valuable collecting entity. That sounds simple, but there's more to it than that, right, Matt? Absolutely. And and we as fantasy players collect players that we want to have on our teams. And just like collectors of cards or sneakers or autographs or jerseys, we look at our rosters every day and we go up and <laughs> down and and pretend that we're the real owners and say, oh, I can't believe I have this team and I'm so excited. And, you know, I come back downstairs and look at my roster again after a win and kind of gives me happy feelings. And uh, maybe if, if they didn't play well, I'm looking at my roster and I'm taking out my aggression on them and kind of a way for me to take my love of sports and passion for it um, and sort of, quote, own, uh, you know, a group of, uh, of players and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and sharing the benefits and root with them and, and really no different than collecting when I have a big album of cards and I run downstairs and see all my cards and after an NFL week and figure out what I'm holding and where do the prices go and this player is going to win MVP now. So I, I think the intersection is there and just sort of figuring out how to take our passion uh, for the sports we love and 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 prove how smart we are, prove how much we know, right? <laughs> we know more than the Yankees general manager, Brian Cashman, uh, or the Giants general manager. And if we were able to be the real general managers, we would do a better job with it. Or, you know, so the same thing with stocks and the same thing with with collectibles and trying to figure out what's undervalued. It's all about value, right? And fantasy or collecting. Where's the value now? Where is it going to be? And I, I see a lot of um, cross between these two industries and look forward to finding ways to bring them together as we go forward. 
I like that. Chris, you are a, a future thinker. You and I have had many, many a conversation about what's next with content, what's next with media, what's next with collecting, what's next with fantasy. Um, to, Matt's, to, to, to Matt's point, what is next? Like finding that intersection, finding a way to, I don't want to say monetize it because I don't know if there's a way to monetize it beyond how it's all being monetized. There's plenty of monetizing going on in the collecting world and in the fantasy world. What do you envision, um, at Mr. Futurist over here, as this the, this um, Venn diagram gets tighter and tighter? Well, with pro athletes and, and sports, sport leagues, uh, sports really are just the perfect intersection of like qualitative and quantitative, right? Mm. Pro athletes equal memories, equals monetization of those memories, and equals what the hobby is, right? So what do I think? I think that... In the future, and I'm not just talking about uh, younger generation, even our generation, you know, in that generation Y, generation Z, will follow particularly athletes specific, not particularly franchises. So, like, you, you know, you're a Chicago Bears fan. I, I'm a, somehow a Dallas Cowboys fan, or I was when I was a kid. <laughs> and yet, when we play our fantasy rosters, there are times where I know what Dallas is weak at. And so I play that player. And that doesn't make any sense, right? That's like no moral compass. You're actually playing against your favorite team to win. And I do think this will extend to, to all sports where it's like, well, no, I am cheering for somebody on the Sounders, somebody on the Bulls, you know, um, somebody on the A's. And it's like a stock, you know what I'm saying? Where a player like goes up and down, it's a numeric value. And I do, and that's going to drift all the way into high school too, if you really want to talk mm. about the future. Yeah. where that is the final frontier in terms of stuff that hasn't been sort of collected, not, not to any legitimate degree. Like every father will tell you, my son completed 95% of his passes through four touch on passes. That's just the way dads are. But I think that when the media is there for high school, this will happen. You know what I'm saying? You know, the way we have our fantasy sports set up, that's what's going to happen. And so it's going to be, hyper-localized and hyper-personal where you're not cheering for franchise anymore. You're, you're cheering for particular players because not only is it the nostalgia factor, which I'm sure we'll get into quite a bit, but also there's some numeric value attached to it. Matt, do you envision uh, what Chris is saying coming to life, uh, expanding our fantasy and expanding our collecting world? Like, for instance, okay, this is just riffing because Chris was doing some excellent riffing there. Let's just say my alma mater, Nutrier High School in Winnetka, Illinois, let's say they are a phenomenal statewide ranked team. All right. Let's say that their quarterback, he's all set to go to some Big Ten school or some random powerhouse. Are there going to be a card for that guy? Are we going to start doing high school fantasy teams? Are we going to, you know, say, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the uh, North Shore of Chicago League, right? All, all of these schools, all these high schools in, in Evanston, Winnetka, Wilmette, et cetera, make a league out of that with my friends and family who go to that district, who go to one of these schools, and all of a sudden, okay, not only are we going to put together fantasy teams, but we're going to make little cards of this little stud quarterback who might succeed at whatever, the University of Illinois. I think it'll absolutely happen. Uh, so much to talk about here. I think cross sport is an exciting thing in this scenario where in your given high school, we can talk about players on the baseball team, the softball team, the football mm. team, the volleyball team, all in that school. And you have the people, the dads and the, and the students of that school going cross sport. And it's a draft of every athlete that's going to play any sport for that team <laughs> that year. And you're going to take the volleyball player number one. And I'm going to take the basketball player number two. I, I also think Chris says the last fine the frontier. I think this is going all the way down to the embryo phase where we're going to no. be able to take stocks wow. when, when famous yeah. athlete X has a son or a daughter, we're going to be able to buy stock in that player and say, he's going to be in the NBA or she's going to be in the NBA in 20 years. I'm going to take stock on these players. You tackle football, six years old, little league world series. You're going to, we've figured out the name image likeness with the amateurs. We're already there. So we're just going to, you know, these kids are going to be able to monetize their likeness from right out of the womb. In my business, they're going to have social media accounts. They're going to have all their growth there. Look, he little Timmy grew four inches this year. NFTs, NFTs. 
NFT. So I absolutely think that we will be taking stock, if you will, um, in the performance of youth players and following them as they grow uh, in front of, uh, you know, all the cameras and, and sort of grow up. So, you know, I'm very excited about that. I think the intersection about um, fantasy and, and collectibles, love to see leagues where you're in a traditional fantasy draft and you get the cards of the players you draft. You, you, you do the draft and the next mm. day your cards are there. And now I'm watching the games and I have my cards in my hand. And and not only are you rooting for these players to do better on a, on a game-to-game, year-to-year basis, but for your fantasy team, but also for the collectibles that you have. Maybe you get the, the authentic NFL signed jersey of your first-round pick uh, in football and sort of bring the, the, the merchandise and the collectible side into the fantasy world. And we've already seen companies like DraftKings doing great work with NFTs and and seeing how those are traded and and growing and I I love bringing all this stuff together. The collectibles are are so beautiful and they're so much fun and and they're so wide ranging. Uh, it gets me so excited to find ways to sort of merge that with our fantasy and our betting, um, you know, sort of um, lifestyle. Um, I love it when the interviews go completely off the rails and this one has already gone off the rails and I'm thrilled about it. I'm going to take it further off the rails, Chris. Let's just say for the sake of this discussion that the North Shore of Chicago, we'll use that as, as a, 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 a milepost. Let's say you got New Trier High School, you got Glenbrook North, you got Maine East, you got Evanston, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And let's just say there is a fantasy league and let's say there are cards being made whether it's for the school itself whether it's for the athletes uh, or as matt suggested like the entire entity of the sports uh system in that particular school or in that particular uh division how does that work how and again, i'm throwing this at you right now we're just riffing how do you do the research how do you manufacture it how do you monetize it without kind of feeling slimy about the whole thing <laughs> production nerd segment here uh, yeah. what's going to happen is um and i've seen the tech already where these cameras um you put essentially on the 50 yard line or, or center ice so to speak and they follow the ball it just it's automated completely you just plug it in or put a battery in it and the tech isn't quite there yet but i said that about drones during my last season of hard knocks like it was too shaky it, i couldn't really use it and now every shot you see from a drone looks ethereal even live yeah. like the rose yeah. bowl like they're doing beautiful stuff over the rose bowl so once that tech happens and it's just rock solid perfect then every single high school program will have that camera at center field or you know at 50 yard line and then the next question is well how do you keep stats that way because you can't trust a high school statistician you certainly can't trust a dad <laughs> or a mom so once that's automated into it then everything you just said sky's the limit coast to coast, and I see it happening within five years. Now, if you're going to talk about the sliminess of it, yeah, I mean, I feel guilty saying, like, I would probably pay $1,000 right now for a 10 Arch Manning as a, when he was a high school freshman, I get an autograph. I do that right now, and I'm sure I'd get laughed at by the real person, like, Chris, you're not going to get that for less than 50 grand, you know what I'm saying right now? And that is a little, and that's why they basically, that's why that family sort of keeps them apart from a lot of this, because yeah. he's just a pop. You know what I'm saying? That's what that he is. He's, a he's got the body of, of like his brother, Eli, or uh, excuse me, his uncle Eli, but he's just a kid. And you got to sort of keep people, kids away from that. So I don't have an answer for that, the slimy part of it. I just don't. But I do know that once the tech is there and it's coming, like the train is coming down the tracks. And so now it's, you know, your classic Jurassic Park question, like, Sure, you keep asking yourself, can we do it? But are you should be asking like should, should we, we do, do it? it? Should we do it? And, and of course you do mean a, a CSG tent. Of course. A CSG no, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. A CSG ten. A, a perfect mint. Like I would pay a grand right now for that rookie for his freshman year. Especially his autograph. But I know I'm not getting it for a grand. It's gonna be fifty. Uh Matt. You have been uh, dealing with fantasy sports for fantasy football specifically for a long time. And you're also um, you're not a hardcore collector, but you are a collector. Right. Take me on that journey. Take me on your fantasy football journey. Take me on your collecting journey and tell me when they did or are they still intersecting? 
Well, thanks for asking. I mean, I've been playing fantasy sports since 1990 and sort of was a way for me to, as I said before, uh, pretend I was a general manager and show how <laughs> smart I am and, and take my love of sports to another level and sort of, you know, be, basically grade my picks, if you will, grade my knowledge, just like any scouting director out there. So uh, I've been doing it a long time. And, and I think, you know, the jerseys were really the first way that I was able to bring collectibles towards fantasy. And when I would win a championship, I would buy a jersey for from somebody on that team, whether it be baseball or football or basketball. So I have some jerseys and they're special to me, just like any collectible is. Uh, these were special to me because I remember the team. I remember what year it was, how I won that championship. And they're kind of linked to my uh, linked to my fantasy. Uh, and I was doing that in the 90s and the 2000s. And then I stopped collecting as much, but I've kept playing fantasy sports passionately all that time. And now that I'm an adult, uh, look forward to finding new ways to sort of link my collectibles and my fantasy teams together. I mean, I'm big with bobbleheads and uh, I'm big with uh, with autographs if I could find them and find a way to track down the players that that mean a lot to me. Uh, in fantasy sports. But, but I think for me, it's jerseys and being able to wear that jersey and say, you know, why are you wearing a Tampa Bay, Jucks, Ducks, a Tampa Bay Bucks jersey in New Jersey? <laughs> you don't root for that team. Well, Warwick Dunn won me this championship. And I remember when he came out of Florida mm -hmm. State and he, everyone said he was too little and I drafted Warwick Dunn and I never, I never traded him. He was on my dynasty league his entire career. And look at the great person that Warwick Dunn has become and he got Habitat for Humanity and all the charity he does. And that was kind of me taking stock in a player right from high school, right out of college and, and not only playing fantasy, but sporting that Jersey right here in New Jersey. I love that. Um, I had to have been playing fantasy basically since I, I 89. That was my first year. Here's how old I am. And here's how long I've been playing fantasy. My very first fantasy draft. I drafted Frank Thomas from the Chicago White Sox when he was a rookie. That was my first fantasy draft. I am ancient. Speaking of Jurassic Park. Um, I do like what you said, Matt, about, uh, rooting for a player because he helped you win a, a, a fantasy league. Work done is a great example. As you said, he's a, just a genuine, genuinely good dude, right? So it not only increases your enjoyment of the game, but it increases your enjoyment of the collectible, right? So suddenly that work done jersey, that work done card, which might have been, you know, nothing to you is, is special. Right. And as I've said for many, many, many podcasts, time and again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder when it comes to collecting. And if Warwick Dunn is beautiful to you, and if you would pay $20,000 for a Warwick Dunn CSG 10 card, it's worth $20,000. Right. Uh, Chris, same question to you. What's your journey? What's your fantasy football journey? What's your collecting journey? And where did they meet? And are they still meeting? The first fantasy, we're talking about our first, it was fantasy baseball, like my first, that was uh, spring of 98. The thing I remember the most, the first move I ever made was I picked up Kerry Wood on the wire the morning that he threw this 20 strikeout mm. game. And that pretty much hooked me for fantasy sports mm -hmm. in general. And so like, yeah, at the moment, like I'm still looking for a rock solid Kerry Wood card, right? Just because of that reason. I mean, like that set the tempo for me for the rest of my fantasy sports career. You know, I had won that league. Uh, I was working for ABC at the time as an ABC league, which was tough, uh, tough to compete. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I had no idea about Kerry Wood before. I just heard that he was a good prospect and that, you know, what I'm saying he had, he had, he, I had heard he had Roger Clemens kind of stuff. That's what I heard. So I'm like, all right, I'll pick up. He was cheap and boom. And then it, it starts everything for me. So I'm, I'm definitely, you know, and I should also say I'm definitely one of those people that started looking into the hobby again while stuck in my little studio apartment here during mm -hmm, peak mm -hmm. COVID, like April to July 2020. I was definitely part of that trend, no doubt. Uh, and the first card that I bought, which will not come as no surprise to you, Alan, is uh, former Bears wide receiver Tom. Yep, Waddle, that's your boy. Who, right? As you know, I wanted to be Tom Waddle when I was in high school. And that's just pure nostalgia. Is it going to be worth anything ever? Maybe to Tom Waddle's kids. You know what I'm saying? Like somewhere, but like who else, like who else like liked him the way I did? I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to play his position, blah, blah, blah. And um, so, yeah, I absolutely like at the very beginning, because I did so well with Kerry Wood, like, I just naturally gravitate to like looking for his stuff and Tom Waddles, you know, it's nothing to do with um, fantasy, but it was, you know, I just liked watching him mm -hmm. play. 
he had a huge game against the Cowboys uh, in a playoff game. I think it was like the smelling salt game. And I remember thinking like, that's the gutsiest thing I've ever seen from a football player. Uh, so yeah, it's both fantasy and like real life. And you know, man, like if Nick Chubb won me my big money fantasy league last year, there's a lot at stake. It came to, and it was a Monday night game. It was the last game of the fantasy football season. And I won by maybe a half a point, <laughs> huge payout. So, so Chubb to me is another one of those guys where even like at the last national, I was looking around because like he, you know, his performance. And again, it came down to a half point won me this league that was, you know, highly competitive, big money. And so it's almost like I want that card like to be part of my life. Right. Because of what it did, like it's a reminder. And so generally speaking here, like there's so much tied to nostalgia with fantasy sports. Now that I've done it for both all three of us for decades that, you know, if they're, if a player won a league for me or, you know, um, you know, Kerry Wood or, or something like that, or Ver, Justin Verlander won me a baseball league one year, uh, like I'm looking for those cards. Absolutely. Like it just reminds me and it doesn't have to be super. I'm not looking to flip them. I'm not looking to make money 10 years from now. It's just one of those things where, you know, there was a memory attached to it. And so I'm looking for the, the highest quality card of, of, essentially of that athlete as I can. Matt, let's take ourselves out of the equation for a second here. We, we both are, we, all three of us are um, very lucky to be uh, working in this industry, have worked in this industry for a very long time. Um, and I like to think that we have a pretty good view, a big picture view of what's going on, right? Uh, both in the fantasy world uh, and in the collecting world and in the, uh, what's going on in the field, of course. Um, taking all that into account, what tangible proof have you seen of this intersection that I, I hate to keep using that word over and over again, but it's just such the perfect word to, to describe my thinking on this whole thing, because there is a meeting place. What have you seen outside of your own uh, uh, house and basement and company that ties all of this together? Well, I, I've seen people walking around with, with memorabilia and asked them about it and said, this, this person, won a, this player won a fantasy team for me. I've seen that out and around, and um, I, I get excited about that. On, on Better Sports Network, we try to uh, put up jerseys and cards for giveaway that tie to fantasy teams. So if somebody's playing on Monday Night Football, we'll, we'll put a, a full-size NFL signed helmet from one of those players and kind mm. of try to do a giveaway tied towards fantasy or, or sort of if whoever the top performer was of that game. What's the response been to that? Have people gotten hyped about that or is it just like, yeah, it's just another thing? Well, I mean, I feel like it is a crowded space. Uh, I feel like it's been hard for us to to cut through there. And yeah. I think people are kind of skeptical when they say you're giving something away. I think everybody's radar goes up um, <laughs> trying to figure out legitimate. We're a new network. I'm better sports network. Uh, but I, I think moving towards the idea of giving people uh, a gift certificate, if you will, to choose their own jersey choose their own helmet if they win something and be able to have a little more ownership and say i want to take this player i want to take that player uh, i i think is the way to go there um beyond that i i think you know the nfts while young will, will be will be the the area that that this really does come together and fantasy sports is kind of digital and nfts are digital collectibles and right. being able to bring these things together uh like i said when we do a draft and, and you automatically get an nft of that player and put it in your digital wallet um and sort of show off your screenshot of your winning fantasy lineup and your nft together mm. uh, you know maybe there's a way uh to do that so you know I, I think we're just starting here to try to bring these things together i i, I think it's very young i think very new i think technology is going to drive a lot of this and um being able to to um, dive into our sports that we love and and find new ways to show off the players that we that we like and and root for in our fantasy teams rather than showing someone a phone you could show it to them on the jersey or on come to your house they see the card they see the autograph uh, it's special but I, mean, I think we're just getting going here now matt sticking with you um i know that this is going to be anecdotal and i know we also only have a small sample size but what has the reaction been uh in terms of these giveaways have people gravitated more towards cards uh more towards helmets more towards jerseys or more towards gift certificates 
I think what we've done on Better Sports Network that created the most excitement were box breaks. There's a little bit of mm. uh, mystery of what you're getting. Um, we've done in digitally where there would be a spinning fun cube opening up and then all of a sudden, boom, a digital rendition of the jersey you won shows up on the screen right on Better Sports Network. And we've done them with physical cards, uh, going to uh, a card shop and opening them up on live video and showing a Tua Tungavailoa rookie card that somebody mm -hmm. just won and trying to do the giveaway. So I think that has been the, 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 the feature that has gotten people the most excited. There's a little bit of mystery there. You don't know what you're getting. A little bit of competition there to be able to win the prize. And uh, I, I, think, I think that has, you know, that's our roadmap there is to try to bring people together for box breaks or even mystery boxes. I, I love the idea of going beyond cards and you have this huge box. There could be a full size helmet in there. There could be a signed jersey. It could be a card. You know, you don't know what it is. So kind of it's entertainment at the same time as bringing collectibles into it where you might get something that's valuable. You might not. Um, I think that intrigue, that suspense, that um, entertainment value is, is where we're going on Better Sports Network with our giveaways. Same question to you, Chris. What's on the street? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? Well, I mean, looking at the modern cards, right? Uh, you know, there's really not at the moment anyway. There's really no way Mahomes should be worth, you know, the, the top of the line Mahomes card should be worth what they're worth or a Luca card, right? Or a Justin Herbert card, which Alan, you and I have talked about quite a bit. Oh my God. All right. So for those of you who are not hip to the Justin Herbert fiasco, and I, I, I'm sorry if I'm calling it a fiasco, no disrespect to Justin Herbert, no disrespect to the person that spent half a million dollars on a Justin Herbert one-on-one -on -one card. Uh, uh, and this is where the correlation between what happens on the field and what happens in the hobby is really interesting. There's a lot of speculation that goes on in both, in both fantasy and in both collecting. So someone posited that, okay, Justin Herbert is the next Patrick Mahomes. So my 500000 my $560,000 investment in this Justin Herbert one-on-one -on -one card I'm going to 2x that in three years when he starts winning Super Bowls. Here we are, and the Chargers are ain't even close to what we all thought they were going to be. Justin's playing well. He's a good quarterback, but it's not Patrick Mahomes. And uh, and again, no disrespect to Herbert. He's a very talented young man. I see a, a very bright future for him. But at this point, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Back to you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, and so all these cards, these modern cards, are you know you're seeing the headlines. They're they're going for millions of dollars or half million dollars. And you're thinking this is a next level of prospecting, particularly when you look at, you know, uh, Michael Jordan rookie near mint, the value is going down, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. 500,000 or even 600,000 at one point uh, during the peak 2021 and one sold for, I think 180,000 um, this weekend, which is don't get me wrong. That's still an amazing figure, but the market's going down. So, People are gravitating towards modern, uh, and I'm like, is the money, is it justifiable? And it's hard for me to say. And that's what I've seen. Like you're asking what I see in the street. I'm seeing some of the modern top of the line cards going for huge figures. When you don't know, like you don't know what's going to happen to her, but you don't even know what's going to happen in Mahomes. Yeah. Like as good as they are, uh, you know, in Mahomes is an All Pro MVP candidate. Blah blah blah. But he's still a young player, and I'm wondering. Sure, it, it, you know his card is in the top ten cards, you know, sales of all time. Like, you know, in my view, I'm not sure you can do that until somebody's career is over. And I know that's you know that it's a nostalgia thing for one, but I, you know, I can't I can't justify it yet. And yet, the people are out there that are definitely doing it. So uh, I'm seeing high number value cards of players whose careers are, are still in their early stages. And, and Luca, Luca is another great example, right? Phenomenal player, international. So you got to play that up, right? Sure. He could be valuable all across the globe, theoretically, but is it worth 4.6 million? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anything that isn't Bill Russell or Will Chamberlain or Michael Jordan is worth that, but that's, that's me, but that's what I've been seeing. I've been seeing, high number sales of modern players. Uh, what about a, players that uh, retire? Where's LeBron right now who's going to be retiring sometime? And how do you, where's the market on players that may retire soon or have retired like Serena Williams, Sue Bird, Albert Pujols? 
Are are you saying that the younger players, the the Lucas and the Herberts are are more valuable right now than the LeBrons and the Serenas? I'm going to, I'm going to take this one, Chris, um, from inside the CSG, uh, warehouse, it seems like it's kind of, okay. So during the aforementioned, uh, pandemic, I always called the pandemic hobby hockey stick, uh, when people were, were just spending money left and right and, you know, more power to them. Um, mostly speculation. People were dropping a lot of money on, on Luca, on Trey Young. We're just going to basketball for a second because that was what was super hot on uh, Jason Tatum, et cetera, et cetera. Here we are past the hockey stick and things have um, flattened. And that's not a bad thing. Course correction. Uh, and it's more normal. Like the, the rate of growth is, is a normal rate of growth rather than this, you know, everybody stuck in their apartment and um, uh, buying stuff constantly. Uh, but what we are seeing consistent numbers with at CSG, uh, people want to grade their goats. People are interested in the LeBrons of the world. It's safe. It's comfortable. He ain't going anywhere. Um, and you're not seeing these $500,000 Justin. Once in a while, once in a while, you'll see something like that. But for the most part, things have kind of solidified. Uh, I guess in, in fantasy speak, it would be we, we've regressed back to the mean. Um, let's talk about what's going on on the field right now. Okay. We refer to it early on uh, with the weirdness of, of this year, right? This has been a strange, strange season. Uh, I don't think anyone thought Patrick Mahomes would be this good. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers, uh, nobody thought he'd be that bad right? It's just been a, a very different season. Uh, one thing that is a constant in the hobby, Matt, is quarterback bias. Hobbyists like quarterbacks. And it makes sense. It's the most important position in all of professional sports, most visible. Uh, he, he's the guy out there doing all the interviews, et cetera, et cetera. But based on this season, as Chris said, it's a dump-off league, right? You've got uh, a lot of running backs a Tony Pollard, for instance, is is a stud. You give him the ball, get a little open air, and he's he's gone, right? But he's Tony Pollard. He's like an RB one and a half on on the Cowboys, and he's a running back. Okay, do you envision like it, both from a, a broad perspective, both from what you're hearing on the street and what you yourself, as a uh, a part time collector, are are catching? Is that the kind of thing that is going to push people? away from quarterbacks now that it might not be quite the quarterback centric league it always is or are collectors going to just be like i want that tom brady card i want that aaron Rodgers card i don't care if it's mike evans is making all the noise in tampa bay well i think it's still quarterback but there are not as many quarterbacks as you think there would be there is not even 32 great quarterbacks on this planet earth so we do have to be selective but but i don't see that changing i mean certainly on the fantasy side i think you're going to see a lot more people willing to take quarterbacks in the first round and second round it used to be a badge of honor how long could you wait before you take your quarterback it was like a game of chicken i didn't take mine to the seventh round i didn't take mine to the twelfth round i took josh allen in the second round in every single redraft league i was in this year that was my plan and it's worked out um i certainly you're not getting a receiver or a running back in that round and you have to kind of find a way to get that later. And people that took Jalen Hurts are laughing at me because they took him in the sixth, seventh round and he's been as good as Allen. But but I don't I don't think it's going to go away from the quarterback centric NFL and collecting. I think they're always going to be the more high profile players. They're always going to be uh, more out in front, more pushed in the community. And and certainly in fantasy, they're going they always have been the, the highest scorers. But I think there's more consistency now in quarterbacks. And and like I said, in fantasy, I think it's going to change. You're going to see Josh Allen or Mahomes in the top five as soon as next year. Chris, uh, your thoughts on that and how it it, uh, relates to collecting. Like Josh Allen is one of these names where people are throwing a lot of money at his cards. Patrick Mahomes, people have been throwing a lot of money at his cards. But we're coming off of uh, a a game in which Justin Fields, my man, broke the NFL rushing record, right? Right. I'm I'm guessing all of a sudden I haven't done any research because we're you know not even 24 hours away from that. Uh, I'm guessing all of a sudden people are going to start throwing money at Justin Fields' cards. Okay, so let's just say since we mentioned Mike Evans, he's a likely Hall of Famer, borderline Hall of Famer at, at least, but he's likely Hall of Famer. Let's just say he goes and drags the Buccaneers, has this amazing year, turns into a, a Cooper Cup for the second half of the season, and drags the Bucks. To the Super Bowl, you know, do wide receivers become sexy again or is it, as Matt said, all quarterbacks all the time? If Mike Evans drags Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl again, I'm, I'm still investing in Tom Brady cards hmm. as good as Mike is. And I, I'm a huge fan of Mike Evans from a fantasy, fantasy perspective. I just think it all boils down to that 
quarterbacks in general are like the prom kings of America since we're, <laughs> since we're, since we're, since we're kids, right? Uh, that's, that's who wins the prom king. And if you, and if you draft the wrong quarterback in the NFL, you're done for four or five years. Hashtag Mitch Trubisky. Right. Right. So it, it, not just, not just for play on the field, but you know, we've discussed this before Alan, like momentum and, you know, positivity is contagious between offenses and defenses. When you look at a, 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 an NFL sideline, defense will hang out together, offense will hang out together by design, of course, because they're not on the field. So they're all watching. So when you have a Tom Brady, I don't care if he's 45 years old, the defense is going, you know what? He's still going to pull it out of his hat. You know what I'm saying? Like they just know that if you just make a, get a three and out, you know, at a key moment against the Rams, then he's going to be able to find something and, and find a way to win it. And that goes to every, and you know, he's, extreme example he's the goat blah 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 but if you've got a fields now the bears defense is short you know shorthanded as they are alan now they're thinking you know what like if we can hold them to 10 whoever it is the 10 points the 14 points whatever we have a chance right now now we have a legitimate chance and we've got a guy that's like lamar jackson 2.0 uh but maybe a little faster and so that's what they're thinking and that trickles down to everything success blah 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 to what we're looking at fantasy wise and what we're looking at hobby wise like now you know a fields card what do you think it goes for do you think it went up today you know what i'm saying the value like a stock yeah, oh I, I would be shocked so, if it didn't i would be shocked if yeah. it didn't because he saw we saw something special like it finally clicked for him as things tend to do in your second year right for a quarterback like it happened with tom brady tom brady was clueless as a rookie you know what i'm saying and then yeah. his second year you know, the defense was like, whoa, you got a lot better. Even if he wasn't, even, you know, like the week before he started, they sort of sensed that. They saw it in camp. Yeah. And so that success, like team wide, it all sort of funnels to the quarterback. And so, like you said, if, if Evans, if Evans, you know, suddenly becomes Jerry Rice, you know, this year and just shatters every record and, they, you know, he's the MVP, Super Bowl MVP, it may increase his value of his card. But it just still makes me want to like invest in like that Tom Brady contenders 2000 rookie, no doubt, because he just won another ring. You know what I'm saying? That's it continues 100,000 passing yards, blah, blah, blah. Even if he, even if there was three picks in that Super Bowl and they still win, I'm still investing in it because ultimately people aren't going to care. They're not going to look at the box score 10 years from now. They're just going to look at the rings in the Hall of Fame bust. I think the only thing that can change off the quarterbacks is if the off the field performance, charity work, if it's political voice, if you can connect mm. community, running back, receiver, lineman, anyone, if you can have this brand off the field that people support, maybe you're the you love animals player and, and you were about animal rights. It could be anything. I mean, look what Pat Tillman, you know, something like that. Yeah. De decorated. Yeah military hero. So if you have an off the field brand, I think you can break away from this quarterback mentality and have people follow you and want to be a part of what you're doing. It's more important now than ever for these athletes. All right, David Montgomery, I hope you're listening. Get a brand going, get out there. Let's get your card value up. Uh, before I let you gentlemen go, and this was a fascinating uh, discussion, everything I hope there would be and more, uh, let's get some bold predictions. I love predicting stuff. Chris loves predicting stuff. Matt loves predicting stuff. Matt, what do you see going on at this intersection, either in fantasy, in collecting, or all the above? Well, I mean, I, I think yeah, I love the idea of analytics being right there at the forefront of as we're watching the, the football games, for example. So so as David Montgomery is rushing and he breaks a large run, you're going to see his rushing prop with 60 yards. You're going to see on the screen that it's going down every yard he gains. His prop's <laughs> going to go down. You're going to see him hit his prop when he hits that 20 yard run. It's going to be a little explosion on the TV and you're going to get paid like right there on your TV. You're going to get the money to be able to push another button on your TV and be able to. Now I want him for over 80 yards. So I think the analytics of the player props will be right there on every player as the plays are happening. So Mahomes needs to throw two plus touchdowns. As soon as he hits that third touchdown, your personal TV is going to know what your personal bets were, and you're going to be able to have that little explosion and that win. Uh, I love the idea of biometrics when it comes to fantasy and betting and, and building up these players and being able to see uh, what the heart rate is of the quarterback as he's breaking the huddle <laughs> and walking up to the line to be able to see the heart rate of a, of a golfer that's about to make a putt at the Masters and to see the sleep score of what these 
these players had. And we're going to say, wow, he had a rough night's sleep last night. I'm, you know, <laughs> you know so, I mean, I love that stuff. We talked about futures in, in amateurs. I, I, I like the idea of having stock and, and younger players that are growing up. Uh, and I think a lot more cross sport. I think there's got to be ways to f- football fans to learn about basketball and volleyball and softball mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mixed martial arts and give people a way to be able to do cross sport, whether it's collecting. I mean, how cool would it be if there was a card with two different athletes on it from different sports? You had a baseball player and a football player on the same card. I don't know if that's ever been done before, but just something I thought of that would be really cool for me to be able to bring my love of baseball and football together in one card. I love that. Chris, same question to you. What is going to happen next and beyond next and beyond next in uh, the the fantasy world, in the betting world, in the collecting world, uh, or all or none of the above? It's hard to top what he just said. But that was really I think good. When, when you, yeah, I would say that it's going to be either Apple or Amazon that have the money, the market cap to do it. But one of them or someone like them is going to make a godfather offer to all the leagues and essentially create like a new media experience, like a red zone where you do, you basically, you have your fantasy team, right? You know, it could be the NBA and the NFL going on or NHL going on at the same time where literally they're going to flip back and forth to those games on your laptop, on your devices, on your, on your big screen TV, where everything is personalized to you specific. Uh, and like, like you said, it could go all the way down to high school. It could be anything, you know what I'm saying? But if, if there are companies out there that can nab the rights, believe it or not, it seems far-fetched, but no, that's what the leagues are gearing towards. I'm looking at digital. And I think that that'll go to fantasy and that'll go to the hobby. You know, maybe it's fanatics, Alan, or, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, they certainly have the money uh, to do it. Uh, but, and maybe that ties while that's going on to like another Manning cast, only it's breaks you know, which we've all discussed here just now that that's going to be a huge thing mm-hmm. where it's not going to be the guys that you're used to watching breaks. It's going to be like an Al Michaels type doing it. You know what I'm saying? Where you're watching, um, celebrity breaks is what you're saying. Yeah, oh, very much so. You know, it's it. not just Drake either. We're talking about, we're talking about super, superstars uh, at the highest level where that's going on while you're watching and you're one side of the TV is showing, you know, from hockey to NBA to NFL to college football, you know, whatever it is while you're watching red zone ish. And then you've got some sort of break or hobby related thing going on in the other one. So like a Jennifer Lawrence break is what we're looking at here. Yeah. <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, you know, it, it maybe it's a natural ish first, like the Al Michaels who are pros at doing this uh, and are, have the name recognition. But yeah, I do. I think that sports is pretty universal you know it doesn't matter you know you could be any walk of life but you're sort of watching and seeing the same things uh maybe someone more educated than others but whatever it's part of it and so when one of those companies just basically makes that godfather offer that's what i see and i see that you know obviously trickling the hobby where there's a hobby channel of some sort going 24 hours and maybe that's like a man and cast ish but yeah that's what i see i see that somebody out there right now it, and it's not just Sunday ticket. It's like everything is making a play for all of it. You know what I'm saying? Where every single sports rights to a degree, uh, where they have access to it and it's going to tie to fantasy and it's going to tie to the hobby to it has to. All right. So a key and peel break show. I want to produce a key and peel break show. Uh, Matt, sell me on better sports network. Where can I find it? What do I want to get out of it? And how excited am I to check it out? Well, it's a free sports talk service. We cover fantasy sports, sports betting, and collectibles. We have the Better Sports Network app, which is available for free in the Apple app and Google Play stores. We have interaction uh, that's never been seen before. We have technology that's never been put together before. We have a one push call in button. So no more dialing eight numbers when you're in the car and trying to figure (laughs) out how to call in. You just push the call button on our app and you go right to a producer. We have live chat while our hosts are doing talk shows. And we even have a fun button to give away prizes. Uh, at the push of a button, someone says a magic word, you hit your fun button and, and you could win a prize right on your phone. Push notifications. Congratulations. You won. So as far as during live sports, we are talking about uh, bets and fantasy angles as the games are going on and sort of sharing with our community, our passion for sports as the games are happening. So we're, we're big on entertainment. We're big on fun factor and community and inclusion and interaction. And, and I hope everybody out here would join our community. Give us a shot on Better Sports Network. We'd love to have you.
I love it. Chris, talk to me about, and the full name of our podcast is Head Versus Heart, Two Old Farts Talking About Fantasy Football. Uh, tell those who are not hip to the uh, podcast what it's all about. Well, Alan, you're the heart, right? Uh, uh, making picks with your guts. And I'm basically scrolling through numbers all Saturday morning trying to figure out the advantage. But uh, lately, it's been the Allen show in terms of getting the picks right. <laughs> you know, two, two weeks ago, I had, I had a really great week uh, in the money everywhere. But at the same time, Allen's been getting the right picks. I'm a little jealous at the moment uh, that uh, he's hitting it. So, you know, I, I don't think either or is the right way. Like, I think it, it comes down to personal, but that's what it is. He's making gut picks. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm just going through my spreadsheet and trying to figure out what edge I can get. And if I know a particular player from my NFL background or even my spring league background, I'll throw it in there uh, where I can. It's, it's helped us out before here and there. Uh, but like I said, it's the Allen pick show at the moment. I'm excited <laughs> for him, but um, you know, we're, this is a, like this is a labor of love for both of us, Alan. We've both been in the sports game for a while, and I finally found uh, someone that gets as excited about sports as I am in the mornings. He's texting me even when we work together in t- different spots about what, whatever it is we're doing. And to me, that enthusiasm is all important. That's why I'm doing the show with you. So um, that's you know we've been taping on Saturdays lately. So. You know, we get it up on Saturday nights uh, every week of the NFL season. And uh, so if you want to watch and su- listen on Sunday to get some last second picks, please do so. We really put the research in and, uh, you know, let's just keep it going out all the way through the playoffs and the Super Bowl. As I always say, you are the cheese to my macaroni. Chris Corbellini, thank you so much. Matt Deutsch, thank you so much. This was informative. This was fun. And as I said earlier, uh, I knew this would be a good one, but it's better than I thought. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Whether it's a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card, a Tom Brady playoff contenders rookie card from 2000, or, I don't know, a Marv Throneberry card that came out of a post cereal box in 1963, and yes, that's a thing, Certified Sports Guarantee will grade your sports cards quickly and accurately. A subsidiary of Certified Collectibles Group, CSG graded over 1 million cards in its first year plus on the sports collecting scene, the fastest any grading company has hit that mark. The speedy turnaround times provided by the knowledgeable, passionate team of expert sports car graders will make your CSG experience smooth, efficient, and most importantly, fair. Regardless of the athlete, the sport, or the condition of your card, CSG will treat it with the love and respect it deserves. For more information about CSG, visit CSGcards.com. That's CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. We hope you enjoyed Collect This, powered by CSG. Collect This was hosted, written, produced, engineered, and scored by Alan Goldscher. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at collectthis at csgcards.com. 